New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally Savvy with registered holistic nutritionist Andrea Donsky and health journalist Lisa Davis. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis with my fabulous co-host Andrea Donsky. Andrea, how are you? I'm great, Lisa. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited. We have a wonderful guest back on the show. I always love having her on. And I'm so excited, Andrea, because this is your first chance to speak or your first time speaking with her on the program. Uh, before we jump into the wonderful uh, Bonnie McDaniel, farm girl in the city of food and love, I want to thank our sponsor this month, Lily of the Desert. I remember years ago, like 20 years ago or so, my mom drinking uh, their aloe vera. And I remember being mm-hmm. like, what are you yeah. doing? What? It, what? <laughs> you know, and now it's like second nature. Like, of course you're drinking aloe vera. But my mom was always ahead of her time. Now, Lily of the Desert makes original super juice. The aloe vera plant and its health benefits have been known for over 5,000 years with a variety of products. You can drink aloe to aid digestion, nutrient absorption, immune health and detoxification, or use it topically to soothe your skin, which I have a big story about that. I'll save for another time. Visit lilyofthedesert.com to learn <laughs> more. Okay, let's bring in the beautiful, fabulous, and brilliant Bonnie McDaniel. Hi, Bonnie. Welcome back. Hi, how are you? And you're way, way too kind, but thank you for having me back. And I'm so glad I was available today because normally I'm running around like a little rabbit, but it's so good to be back. Yeah, well, it's great to have you back. So I'm a huge fan of your book, Farm Girl in the City of Food and Love. I love how you talk about using flavorful ingredients that you have from your farmer's market. And by the way, before we jump in, I want to mention, I discovered two wonderful farmer's markets recently, one in my area, one a little further out. And I'm thinking, what have I been doing? Because I don't know why I haven't been going. And it's kind of funny because... There's a woman that I met a couple months ago. She moved here from California. So being from California, one of the first things she did was type in farmer's markets, you know, in this area that we live in. And she, I've been living here for almost 20 years and she comes here and turns me on to the farmer's markets. Isn't that funny? So wow. I met a, I met a alpaca yesterday, which was fun. Oh, and I got a bunch so- of, re- <laughs> I got a bunch of really good <laughs> produce. So. The reason, Bonnie, I want to have you back on is because you are in the know about seasonal produce and wonderful recipes, and we are transitioning from summer to fall. So first of all, what are some of the really nice things? And obviously, it probably depends on your area, but what do you like to use in the fall and what recommendations do you have for people? And it does it does depend on, on the area of the country that you're in. But right now on the eastern seaboard, the northeast, uh, actually, I'm considered more central um, and Northeast, this will apply to you. Um, I am now transitioning into fall and my own vegetable garden. Right now, there are still things that you know are from summer, like I have the okra is very nice right now. Um, well, there's okay. still cucumber, tomatoes. So stuff is still there, and you'll still find some of that uh, at your local farmer's market. But now we're entering the season where apples and pumpkins and things like butternut squash, uh, all of your root vegetables are very, very plentiful this time of the year. And consequently, um, my menu selection in terms of what I prepare uh, in my kitchen will also change. Um, for instance, I roasted off butternut squash uh, because I'm going to make this wonderful butternut squash soup that just goes very, mm. very well for lunch. Or if you uh, want to do a quick dinner, it goes well, you know, you can do a salad or a butternut squash soup if you add some nice uh, nutty 
um, uh, croutons to it, it gets makes it a little bit more hearty and a salad and you have dinner. Um, so it depends well, tell on us how you make this soup. I have to interrupt because I made a butternut squash <laughs> soup years ago. It was really delicious. Uh-huh. I can't find the recipe uh-huh. and I know I should just Google butternut squash soup, but I would rather ask somebody uh-huh. like you. So what do you put in your soup, Bonnie? Well, if you're a vegetarian, um, and I'm a big stock maker. I don't know if you saw, I posted over the weekend, I went to the, the wharf to get fresh fish and I... Normally, we'll have them, for instance, if I do head fish, you know, the fish with the head on, I have them scale it and clean it all the yucky out of the inside. But I bring it home and I fillet it and do whatever I want myself. Uh, that's not something everyone does, but I'm a chef, so it's, it, you know, it comes second nature. But I then take um, the bones and even if you have shrimp, the shells, if you roast those shells off, that's how mm. when you go out to dinner, you get mm. that wonderful, that intense flavor in your business and in your your chowders, you get that um, from them making stock. So to answer your question in regards to the uh, butternut squash soup, if you are vegetarian, this is where you can take a lot of those root vegetables, things like uh, I will throw some parsnip, uh, fennel, uh, carrots, onions, and all of that good stuff Mm -hmm. and, and garlic and put that and make a nice stock and, and it's something that you can actually just throw into a um if you're you know short on time throw it into your crock pot and let it simmer all day mm. and then take that and freeze it so when you're getting ready to make things like your butternut squash soup you can then take that stock um and i ro- always roast off my butternut squash i roast it off in the oven you know, brush it with a little bit of olive oil and then i use the stock from the uh, you know the vegetables and I make my soup with that. So it's the roasted mm. butternut squash soup, the uh, the stock, the vegetable stock, or some people use chicken stock. And then I take that, and I think I've mentioned to you before that I love my Vitamix. I put it in the Vitamix, and oh, I blend too. it, and you get that real smooth oh, um, texture. And, you know, you can kind of go from there. And I make a homemade bread that I put walnuts, um, and raisins and sometimes currants or dates make it very, you know, very hearty bread. But then I take that bread and, and, um, and, and, uh, toast it off and make croutons that I then put on top oh, of wow. the soup. And it is <laughs> unbelievably good. <laughs> Sounds you know, great. I want to talk about, so, you mentioned fennel, Bonnie, you mentioned fennel. Uh-huh. And I want to talk about fennel for a minute because fennel is one of those vegetables that I know is good for us. But I really don't know uh-huh. how to eat it. So, you know, you're saying you're putting it into sp- to soups. What are some other things that we can do with fennel? Um, you take the bulbs. If you buy, uh, if you, for instance, you go to the farmer's market or to, the, uh, and to, to your regular market, you take the bulbs and you split them because it's round. You split them and you take the harder exterior layers off. And then you cut that little root part that you'll see uh, off of the end. And you take that and you cut it up into quarters or, and then you put, drizzle it with olive oil, a little salt and pepper, put it in the oven and roast it off. It mm. takes on this amazing flavor. Uh, I will typically roast off fennel. And again, going back to seasonal, um, you know, the types of vegetables that are available now, I will take fennel, red onion, um, the yellow onion. Sometimes I'll throw garlic, garlic in there and also mm. um, so um, <laughs> carrots, which are very, very good. And you roast all of that off. Um, and there's a recipe, I think, in my cookbook. I have to remember if I put it in there. I think I did a 
fall mm. vegetable, roasted vegetable. I think you did. I think it's in there, at least I can't remember. But this is yeah. where I then take all of that and make a soup out of it. Uh, because, again, you can take the roasted vegetables, add some vegetable um, stock, and, again, go to that Phytomix, or you can use your food processor. But the idea is to get it so it's nice and creamy, and it keeps you away from eating. People like dairy thick soups typically, and it mm-hmm. keeps you away from adding cream, which is why I'd like to, to blend and get that, that nice. This is the texture that, you're looking, texture that you're looking for. And if you blend that without putting any additional water, you get... You know, you satisfy that craving to have something that's really hearty. Oh, I love that because I don't eat dairy. And Andrea, I know you don't either. And so, I mean, there is coconut milk and other things and you can do things with cashews. But I love the idea of just being able to take the vegetables. And it's one of those things where you you can take, when you roast something, I mean, it completely just Mm -hmm. changes it and makes it like magic. I mean, if I roast up Brussels sprouts and cauliflower, right? (laughs) My daughter just gobbles it up. And I mean, yeah, it's like so yeah. many of us were raised on crappy vegetables that were overcooked or soggy or just mm-hmm. not very good. And so people grow up being like, oh, I don't like vegetables. It's like, well, maybe not right. your, the way you were raised, you know, a long time ago, <laughs> but try them now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And even with um, your green vegetables, things like green beans, and I will do it with zucchini, um, uh, spinach, I First of all, don't put any water in your vegetables. You know, you start them out. If you're doing the green beans, I will uh, saute them in a little bit of olive oil. Um, and sometimes I'll even do a walnut oil, which gives a different kind of flavor. Mm. Um, but saute them a little bit with some garlic, and then you put a tight-fitting lid on and lower the temperature and only let them cook just to break it down just a little bit. And then the way you pump up the flavor is you take lemon juice and finish it with that. And it just intensifies mm, the natural flavor of spinach, of um, of green mm-hmm. beans. I, I did zucchini yesterday. I do it with zucchini. It just, you don't really taste lemon, but it just brings, it does something remarkable to it. It's so. that acid that they say that's important. You know, it's great that you're talking about green beans because mm-hmm. I bought a bunch yesterday at the mm-hmm. farmer's market and I'm like, what could I just, mm-hmm. you know, what should I do with them? And I roasted green beans several months ago. It was pretty good, but I also like just doing yeah. them in the pan and I love the, I think garlic and green beans is delicious, but I'd never oh, mentioned the lemon. It sounds yeah. so, and honestly, you know one of the I just, things too, that's <laughs> just need very, to move in. <laughs> that's very good if you do the, um, the green beans, buy the, the, the uh, elephant garlic because it's really big and oh, it, it really does taste different right. than the, the regular garlic bulbs that you buy. And you take them and at an angle, you slice them very, very thin. Don't mince them or chop them up. Just slice them very thin. And that's okay. what you saute in your pan. And then you put the green beans. It looks beautiful, but it also has a very different flavor. It's um, mm. almost nutty. Um, when you do it that way, very much like when you uh, roast garlic bulbs, it has that nutty flavor, but it's a totally different flavor than the regular garlic that, you know, everyone uses every day. And is it called elephant garlic? Like when you go to the store, I know there's black garlic, but if you it's ask ca- for elephant it's garlic. It's called elephant garlic because the bulbs are huge. Um, the yeah, and it's kind of purple, uh, right? Uh, no, it, well, sometimes you, it might be oh. purple, but yeah, okay. but it's a white. Some of them have a purple um, um you know, the edges of, of the um, the skins are purple, but um, it it's really, really good. And some, some stores I've noticed also call it colossal garlic, but it's basically the same thing. Oh, I've never seen that. Now, what are some other vegetables that uh, are seasonal for the fall that you enjoy? 
Well, right now, believe it or not, I plant twice a year. I do my spring garden, well, three times. Spring garden, and then I start to you know, fill in depending on what it is. As the weather starts to get warmer, uh, the vegetables will change. So right now, I'm getting ready to plant my cool weather vegetables, which are almost, they almost mimic uh, my spring vegetables, except I do turnips and I do mustards in the in the fall. So you can actually, if you're a gardener, you can uh, plant arugula. You can do your your uh, regular salad greens, uh, mustards, turnips, and the turnips will they will um, develop in time. You know, before the the cold freeze. Once the ground gets really hard, depending on where you live, you know, from the cold, of course, then it's pretty much shot. But apples are in season right now. All kinds of wonderful apples. I um, typically will go out probably in a couple of weekends, not this weekend, but maybe the weekend following. That book signing is coming. I have to try to remember to fit it in. But I go apple picking. I don't have any apple trees um, on our property, but I go out to the country and pick apples, uh, pumpkins, of course, uh, beets, and um, undave is very good right now. Broccoli and, and of course, broccolini. Brussels sprouts are at their best right now. They're very, mm, very my good. My favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, Cranberries, it's a good time to, they're starting to harvest cranberries a little later this, this month. And I always advise people to, because I love to do cranberry breads and I'll make cranberry butter because we're going into, you know, into the holidays. Mm, but you can take those cranberries and buy the bags and put them in the freezer just like that. Don't do anything to them. Stick them in the freezer. So when um, Thanksgiving comes around, it's, you already have them because everybody is always a mad dash for, for cranberries as you get closer <laughs> to Thanksgiving and the prices go up. So buy them as soon as they hit the shelves. Um, one of the places I go where the prices are always good is um, um, Costco, not to give them a free plug, but they always have these huge bags and they're like 3 well, they're to $5. Dollars and the prices are very, very good. And um, you can also, if you don't want to throw them in the freezer, go ahead and make your cranberry sauce now. It's really easy to make. I think there might be a recipe in my cookbook. Make your cranberry sauce, put them in jars, and you're done. So, you know, Thanksgiving come around, you pull it off the shelf, and you're good to go. Um, Eggplant that I mentioned, fennel before. I love eggplant. Uh, eggplant. Potatoes, especially um, sweet potatoes, are. uh, Mm. it's time to harvest those right now. and I'm just trying to do any kind of squash, butternut. Um, I mentioned zucchini, the yellow squash, not so much. Uh, but any oh, of your really? root oh, vegetables are, you know, parsnips and things like that, they are um, ready to harvest. Well, I have to confess, Bonnie and Andrea, I don't think I've ever eaten a turnip. I don't even know, like, what to do. Is that one of those things that you roast? They're yum. Are they? Yeah, I don't you know. can roast them. <laughs> Where um, have I been? Or you can... <laughs> You could What's cook them in, um, you know, a little bit of butter or olive oil, but, you know, they do need a little bit of uh, additional liquid, but not a lot. I'll tell you, coming from the South, my fondest memories of turnips, and it took me to to mature before I appreciate them because I hated turnips, just like I hated beets. My grandmother would make mm. them, and I would be like, oh, God, I have to eat this. She would make um, the the, the root, and also the top. And then she would make a cornmeal dumpling and put it in the greens at the very end, almost like you do with 
um, chicken and dumplings, except it was vegetable. And I'll tell you, it is so amazing. But when I was a little girl, I would sit there and be like, God, please don't make me eat this. <laughs> but they're actually quite good. And um, But yeah, turnips, turnips, they're one of those vegetables for a lot of people, it's an acquired taste because they do have is a it little bitter? bit of bite to them. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, but bitter in a good way, it's, again, it's an acquired taste. Uh, a lot of people don't like them. I, I'm trying to think if any of my kids, None of my kids like turnips. My husband will eat them because I give him, you know, give him side eyes. <laughs> and he doesn't want to hurt my feelings. But um, awesome. normally what I do at, you know, Thanksgiving, which is I don't serve them at Christmas, but Thanksgiving, I have turnips. They're always leftover turnips. So a lot of people don't like turnips. So, again, it's one of those acquired tastes. But they're very good for you. So. Oh, Okay. I should try them. And you know, I, I've, I've never tried broccolini either. I think someone told me that was bitter. See, I have, I have a weird thing about bitter. Oh, I love broccolini. Is, is, oh, really? Is that, oh, maybe I'm thinking of broccoli rob. Yeah. Is that the bitter one? Um, oh, sorry, Bonnie, go ahead. They both have a little, they, I call it a bite, but it's really a good. Bite. Yeah, <laughs> it has a little bite to it. You know, some people At like least... things that are, I'm, I'm one of those people, and, and I remember when we were doing, um, they were interviewing me for my the film for my cookbook, and she was asking me to describe food, and I told her, I said, I first of all, I grew up in a Baptist church, and music is like everything to me, and I describe food in notes. Ooh. It's like, you know, you have a song, and you have, if you only have um, three-part harmony, it sounds okay. But then when you add additional levels, the additional um, notes to that, it becomes like, oh my, when you, they, the expression music to my ears, it comes from that because it just takes it to oh, another level. That. And I love food. When I'm cooking it, I want to make sure that I maximize all of the possible notes because that's when it becomes one of those things where you just need a bite of it and it's. You don't need a whole lot, just a bite, and right. it just totally satisfies your your taste buds. So, but yeah. Oh, that sounds exciting. Hmm. Now, is there a, uh, we only have a few minutes left, but I'm just curious, is there something that really excites you in the fall, like above all the other vegetables? You're like, yes, this will be in season. Now I can make my famous blah, 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 blah. Tell us. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're talking to a woman who likes to cook everything. Probably, <laughs> I don't know. For instance, apples. I love the different varieties of apples, and I love to make apple butter. Um, Ooh, I do apple cake. Daughter loves that. Um, I do. I love making applesauce. So apples get me pretty excited. Um, that and butternut squash are probably mm. my two. Oh, you know what? I take no. Okay, having said all of that, we said vegetables, but I have right. chestnut trees. And my chestnuts oh, are just right. starting to fall. And I I roast chestnuts and make chestnut flour. And they, from that oh. flour, I make oh. the most. Chestnut I mean, these flour. cookies, these tea cookies are amazing. And I don't know if we talked about this before, Lisa. I'm getting my... Uh, my I, uh, I think we did, but Andrea wasn't here. And it's wonderful. I mean, I never yeah, even, I've never I, even had a chestnut before. Oh, my gosh. Well, really? they... I love yeah. them. Lisa, you <laughs> can buy them like, in the packages already roasted. They're so good. Oh, really? Okay. Have you not walked on the streets in New York City in the winter yeah. or the fall? You <laughs> I have. No, it's I, everywhere. I, I, I just see the nuts, <laughs> the regular nuts. Okay, so you Maybe need to I stop didn't with the, at a street vendor because those are the best. 
uh, stop the okay. next time you're in New York City and just pick some off of the street, you know, from the street vendor and walk around town eating chestnuts. They're they're amazing. But um, Andrea, I was sharing with her that I make this uh, ch- the chestnut flour and I make these tea cookies. And the trick to and the, the recipe for my tea my lavender tea cookies is exactly the same, except you leave the lavender out and you substitute. Um, uh, chestnut flour for regular uh, for regular flour, and the trick is you bake them twice. So you bake them, you take them out of the oven, let them cool a little bit, and then you put them back again because chestnut flour doesn't have the gluten that the regular oh, nice. uh, flour has. And I was determined to make these cookies hold together, and I did, and it they're perfect. They have this nice little you know you bite into a cookie and just like this perfect crispness to it. Chestnut flour. Uh, Oh, that sounds great. You know, Bonnie, I love having you on because you, like, I just walked away with all these different ideas and our listeners were able to be like, oh, I can try that. I can try this. It's just fantastic. The time goes by way too quickly. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank our sponsor one more time, Lily of the Desert. Remember, they make the original super juice. You can find them at lilyofthedesert.com. Bonnie, where do we find you and your fabulous book, Farm Girl in the City of Food and Love? And all your other great you can stuff find, you're doing online. You can find um, the cookbook, of course, on Amazon. You can also go to, if you go to bonniemcdanielgoodliving.com, there's a blog there, um, as well as a link to buying the book directly for me. And you can find that on a lot of um, your, your regular bookstores. They they have it or they have it in their system and you can and they'll bring it in for you. Um, yeah, and so that's how you can get in touch with me. I'd love to hear from your your listeners uh, with any of their questions or if they'd like to host a book signing, I will be there. Just reach out to me. Oh, wonderful. Thanks, Bonnie. Love having you on. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Andrea, it was a pleasure meeting you, my dear. And a pleasure meeting you too. Thank you for all the amazing tips. <laughs> okay, thanks. I'm Andrea Donsky, along with Lisa Davis, and you're listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. Like us on all social media at Naturally Savvy, at Andrea Donsky, at Health Media Gal 1, and at Radio MD. Thanks for listening, everyone. I think I'm going to go try some of that fennel. Lisa, how about you? Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm doing the fennel. I'm doing the green beans with the garlic and lemon. I'm going to get some chestnut flour. Bonnie is great. (laughs) So much great information. And get her book, Farm Girl in the City of Food and Love. It's a beautiful, beautiful cookbook. Awesome. Stay well, everyone.